there's a powerful quote great leaders do not set out to be the leaders they set out to make the difference it's never about the role or the tagline it's always about the goals our guest speaker for today's episode is the epitome of a true leader and inspiration for many miss alana karen she began her journey at google when few people had heard of it long before it became the world changing giant that it is today she is an award winning leader author speaker with 20 years in the industry currently the director at google search platforms hello everyone this is lupur welcome to another episode of ignited spirits presents leadership series it was an honor to have a conversation with miss alana know about her journey of leadership her career transition leadership roles at google her challenges about her book and the strong insights on women in tech and of course a lot more to take back bringing to you miss alana karen's story the journey of leadership let's begin Hello Ms. Alana it's an absolute pleasure to have you on our podcast today your incredible leadership journey is always an inspiration for us as youth who want to enter the tech industry and pursue the career thank you so much for joining us thank you thank you for having me awesome let's begin this conversation by knowing about your career journey so far Your journey is very unusual for a lot of people from the like and I'm very curious to know about it as well having been starting off as a history majors and entering into the tech world which is totally contrasting what made you take the step forward for this entire transition I was in college and while I was really more of a liberal arts type major at least that's what they call it in the United States where it was like french classes and history and some creative writing i on the side was really interested in what was then just really coming about which was web design and making websites and figuring out how you convey information on websites cleanly how you pass information all of that kind of thing and i just ended up self teaching myself you know there weren't a lot of classes when i was in college not like there are now and widely available online that just wasn't around when i was a kid and so taught myself started to use it for internships and over time decided oh this is fun i'd love to do this as a job and this is actually a job that people are starting to have which was a great development because i honestly did not know what i wanted to be when i grew up so who knows what i would have done if that hadn't been happening at the exact same time <laughs> That's great, great to know ma'am your perspective of not doing the typical uh, tech role rather the non-linear path that you took up and taking that risk of doing something different and stepping up towards you know something which is which was challenging and exciting at the same time uh what were some of the initial challenges you faced in google i want to know also i remember you speaking about the year 2017 specifically in one of the conferences 
uh, to be the most challenging year of your journey and if you could share some insights of that year as well with us you know i think that in general when i look back at the biggest challenges in my career they often haven't just been that it was tough at that moment job wise it's because i was dealing with a light a lot at work i was dealing with a lot personally i was developing you know i was growing up at the same time that i was figuring out my career and along the way i mean I, and i've written about this on linkedin there were lots of years that i found tough because of just major leaps right like i i had to figure out how to be good manager i had to figure out how when i was a leader of managing managers how do i make that leap to leading larger and larger groups so there was always these like years that i can look back on now and be like oh like that's what i was going through like that was a major developmental leap and i just didn't even know it and at the same time i had a baby at the same time i did whatever it was that was going on in my life 2017 is one of those years where i was going through a difficult thing at work where the product that i'd been a part of google fiber was continuing to go on but the team supporting it was getting downsized and so i helped a bunch of people that year find new jobs within google and i spent the better part of the year helping those people find those jobs and then finding myself a job and at the same time i had you know three kids the youngest was like 2 years old basically you know a year and a half 2 years old at the time and i also had a sort of family crisis going on at the same time and by the end of that year around september or so i didn't know it but i was super stressed out and my body started to tell me my eyes my vision was strange couldn't focus right and my left foot went numb and so that was like the first year where i had to really think to myself like what is this aggregate stress that i'm putting on myself that i'm taking inside and and how do i find better balance for myself ongoing so i'm not just continuing to store up all this stress inside of me and that was my own journey i talked about it in the presentation you saw and ended up figuring out you know things that were really just basic but crucial to me like 8 hours of sleep a night was just really important to me and 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 that's really helped me i think sustain over the last 4 years now particularly with the last year being interesting awesome i feel like learning about the challenges learning about the hardships from leaders like you is very important rather than only talking about what we're good at uh, the achievements i feel like because because of the hardships and challenges that you face there's a lot to learn very interesting to hear about that as well thank you so much for sharing moving on uh, you have been a part of the tech giant for like two decades now in various job roles leadership positions growing up with the tech industry with the company that was growing up how has been the transition for you so far and what kind of a change you have observed in terms of the company's culture as a whole 
with respect to the women in tech? Yeah, I think at the same time that I was growing up in tech, tech was growing up around me. And when I first joined, especially Google was my first like thriving startup, if you will. Um, I'd been at a, a startup previously that was just smaller and was sort of struggling. And so this was the first time I joined a really growing company. And the name of the game was basically meritocracy, right? Like we're thriving, you do hard work, there's opportunity, and it's fair how we apply it because it's based on your work, right? And so just work hard and you'll get recognized and it's a win-win-win, right? Like we win, you win, everybody wins, users win, yay. And for the first set of years, I felt very much like that worked for me. I was working really hard. The company was growing. I was growing. There was ample opportunity. And I saw people all around me benefiting from that. And it wasn't until almost a good 10 years later that we really started to talk about unconscious bias. What are the things that we are bringing that we may not even know it to the table that means that we judge people's work, their performance differently, depending on different things, right? We expect different things from a behavior from a man versus a woman. We expect different things maybe from one culture versus another. We interpret things differently. The same person saying one thing can be thought of as assertive and the other person aggressive. And why is all of that? And how is that actually messing with us trying to have this perfect meritocracy? And so I think that was a real leap. And remember, meritocracy was already better than maybe companies people had in the past where they felt like it was only tenure-based or it was based on whether you were the owner's son or whatever it was. So... It was already a leap forward. Now here's this other leap. And then it was also only since last year that we've really been talking in a broad way about systemic injustices. Where are the systems not preventing us from moving forward, making, you know, essentially having embedded all those unconscious biases so we don't hire the right people, promote the right people, retain the right people, all of these sorts of things. And so it is really interesting. I've just seen a ton of movement overall on understanding these things and understanding how they impact diversity and how they impact certain minoritized groups, women being one of them. And so for all of this, you can ask yourself, where do our hiring processes weed out women? Where, because we expect women to exit the workforce at certain point? Is that in our head? And maybe we don't promote to leadership at the same rates or whatever it is. And I think that's just really, it's just been night or day. Those, we were not thinking about those things when I joined 20 years ago. We just weren't. And it wasn't because we were trying to exclude. It was because we thought really purely the meritocracy will work out. And it was only years later that we realized, oh yeah, but there's there's things along the way that 
you didn't realize it, but unconsciously interfere with that being true. And so you have to be really conscious and think about these things. So that's been, I think, the biggest shift and a really noticeable shift while I've been in tech. Awesome. I, it's, it's great to hear that people are talking about it and it's, the conversation is happening and the transition has shifted towards it. So it's great to hear that now. Now, for this question, I'm really excited because uh, it's about your book. And I just have started reading about it like a week before. So before we talk about the entire book, uh, I mean, the glimpse of it, let's hear from you about the journey, the process of it, like while juggling into a full-time job, managing the team, spending time with your family. What was that instant that made you think about this is probably the best way to tell a story or, and just how did it all began? If you want to share with us, process. I was at a moment in my career where I was thinking about what do, like, not necessarily what do I want to be when I grow up? I've never known. But if I kind of look ahead, what do I think my next stage is about? And I was thinking about how my next stage was really about sharing and helping others more. And what I like to do, which I hadn't gotten a chance to do as much in my career, was write. And so I started, like I mentioned earlier, writing an article series on LinkedIn about my journey at Google and the developmental feedback I received over the years. And as I was doing that, I got all of this positive feedback. And I think that's where the idea of, oh, there's something here where like people are getting a lot out of me sharing my story. Could I collect other stories? And if I was targeting that, where would I target it? And at the same time that I was having that thought process, it was post a lot of hashtag me too. And there were a lot of articles being shared that were not positive about tech. And I think rightfully so. But some of them had very like inflammatory titles like, do women belong in tech? Should women leave tech? Should they quit tech? All of this sort of stuff. And I had a very instinctive reaction like, well, that's not the answer. Who does that benefit if we all leave? These are great jobs. Why would we all leave? And it's not the way to solve that women are having a bad experience is for them to leave. Like we need, we need to fix that, that that's happening. And so I was just really curious. I think that really the two sparked this like real passion of, well, I want to talk to people and get their stories and I want women to stay in tech. How are they doing? You know, how are they doing on their careers and where are the positive stories? Where are all the role models across all the different fields, both technical and non-technical from different backgrounds, making their way. And you look around and there just wasn't a book like that. And so once I had the idea for the book, I was like, it has to exist. There's this quote, um, I think Maya Angelou said it. If you don't see the book you want to read, write it. Oh, yeah. And so I, I, just, I just like, it just crystallized. I was like, I have to write this. And I do think that in the end, the way that it worked out within my life was really convenient. The kids were getting older. I had some more time and freedom. They were more independent. Work was in a situation where while it was still a 
um, interesting job and it took a lot of time. It wasn't like a round the clock job. It wasn't, it was at a, it was at a good sort of, my team had been built up. I had a management team in place. It was at a good state where I could take my free time as it were and devote it to this bigger thing that I could share with the world. And it would benefit my team, but it would also benefit so many more. So I think that's what it was. It was just, it, you, you do sometimes have to figure out where you are and how you can prioritize it. And I think even if it had been a year later, it would have been a diff very different story because I wouldn't have necessarily had the time at COVID between work, because of COVID at work and at home. Um, because work really heated up and home really heated up. So, you know, sometimes you will have to be more patient, but I got the idea and I went right at it and it was a passion project and I worked all the time. Just the right moment. And also I must say, like the way you have carved your book is so beautiful. Like it's filled with inspiring stories of this woman in tech who belong to diverse backgrounds and the entire backdrop of it. And the interesting part that I noticed was a specific section which was dedicated to the pros and con uh, cons of being rare that grabbed my attention. Like if you could give us uh, just a glimpse of what that, that section entails to generate the curiosity amongst the listener watching today. Sure. I was curious going into this whether women would feel negatively or not about their experience being a relative minority in tech. And the reason why I think I even had that thought was because I knew teams that didn't necessarily have a huge gender imbalance, or if they did, it was actually opposite. Because for instance, that particular support team had more women than men, whatever it was. And so it was, an interesting to see thing for me to see, like, where did women feel this and how had they felt about it? And then also, even if they were relatively rare in their group, how did they feel about it? And when you, you know, when you go through the stories, there's definitely a real mix. You have people who said, oh, I don't know, I kind of took advantage of it, honestly. You know, I thought I thought I could say things that other people couldn't. I thought that I got away with things that other people couldn't. Uh, and and it worked out for me. Or people who said, I never really felt it in my particular team. I would see it on other teams, but it just wasn't that way in my team. And I felt rather fortunate. Or maybe people who, like me, had had an early career where there was more of a gender balance. So by the time I got to someone where there was less of a gender balance, I, I had some core career tools to navigate it. So again, it didn't feel quite as um, impactful to me, although I noticed it and it was something I, I felt, I talk about this journey more and more during my career that I had to address. It wasn't necessarily such a con for me in my career. And, and then you have other women who were like, yeah, I feel like I had to carry a sign around. Like, and I had to represent, like I was the woman engineer and any mistake I made represented all women engineers. And I don't want to feel that way. I, it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was an exploration. A lot of the book really is sort of an exploration. If I ask 80 plus women these fairly general questions about career challenges, 
about whether they feel like they're surviving or thriving or whatnot, like what comes out of that? And the pros and cons chapter really gets to those different perspectives of where being rare can be an asset, but where is it also extremely hard? That, that's so great to you, Mom. Also, I want to put this issue into concern right now in this conversation. Uh, there's this misconception of tech, which is also portrayed in the media that we observe like to be as a man's job or something that, that is male dominant. Even though the women are equally qualified for it, and even though they enter the same position, they also face the imposter syndrome, right? And always doubt themselves for their abilities. Do you think the media aspect of it still exists? And if, if it exists, what advice would you give uh, to those grappling with feelings of you know, self-doubt, facing with the imposter syndrome to the women? Well, I think that, I mean, I've noticed at least in US, like uh, English speaking media, that often it, there's this, this, there's still this kind of idea of this like tech nerd and that tech nerd often looks like a nerdy white guy. Um, and even if it's a role that's made diverse, it's essentially still a nerdy X person, right? Like <laughs> insert your type of person. And I think that can make people feel like well, I'm not like, I'm not super tech. I'm not super nerd. I just am really passionate about hardware. I'm really passionate about working at a technology company, but as the human resources person, because I love technology, but I love people and helping their careers or whatever it is. And so that can get into our heads and we can decide that we're not really insert the blank. So I will give a classic example, which is about me. When I was going to write the book, I one of the things I had to do was write a bio for myself, an external bio. And I didn't have a fancy bio. I basically had the kind of bio that was like, I did this job, then that job, then that job. But this was going to have to be a little bit more of the kind of bio where you market yourself. And so I partnered with someone I know who does this for other people. And she came back to me and she said, okay, you know, you've worked at Google this, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, okay, an 18-year a, a technical leader, doobie-doobie-doo. And I said, oh, wait, wait, wait a second. I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a technical leader. And she's, she looked at me and she's like, what? And I said, well, I, yes, I mean, I've worked in tech, but I was always on the more, like, I'm not an engineer product person. Like, I've, I've been more in kind of the operation side, the leadership side, the program management side. Like, I'm not really a technical leader. And she was like, you have worked at Google for 18 years. You are a technical leader. Like, what are you talking about? And so I think that this, it is, it is so embedded in us to think of that's what it looks like, that it can seep into how we hire, how we promote. But it can also, like you said, with imposter syndrome, make us feel like we don't belong. Like, oh, we're not really that type, so we're not the right thing. And I think what I really tried to endeavor to do in the book, and I hope that all of us being in tech or more people being in tech hearts, helps to really shift this, is for that to break down. There is no one type. 
we need all types in tech to create the best products for the world. And that's really how technology is going to fulfill its promise is by doing that. So we really do need that diversity. And whether you like fashion or you like this or you like skateboarding and coding or whatever it is, like you fit, it doesn't have to be one type. Um, but probably nowhere is it more like instantiated than this idea of sort of like the tech nerd or maybe in Silicon Valley, the tech bro. Um, yeah, you, you, you do kind of have to like just sort of throw that away and hopefully start all over because it's a whole lot more different than it appears. Awesome. Thank you so much, ma'am, for sharing that. Also, as we all know how the tech is evolving every passing day and we have to be sort of flexible enough to adapt ourselves to the change. This is something, the last question, like what advice you can give to the youth for having the courage to sort of step out and take the risk into the future, which is totally unknown to us. Well, I mean, it kind of depends. I think that for some people, that's super fun and super motivating. And for other people, that's really uncertain and just, you know, frightening. I will say that while tech moves a lot and changes a lot, a lot stays the same too. Like the same basic things are true underneath it all, right? You need to figure out how to listen to people, how to understand their needs, how to collaborate, how to collaborate as a team. And yes, over time, what exact product might evolve or the exact way you communicate? Is it, you know, over instant messaging? Is it over email? Is it over video conference? Is it over some newfangled thing? Is it over Slack? Is it like, what is it? It might evolve over time, but the core tools, the really important tools about how you figure out how you learn and get things done and how you're effective and how you work with others, those you learn and you learn by doing. And bit by bit, you grow confident because you've got those tools. And I will say that while the change has been fast and relatively fast compared to human history overall, the core things are so similar in what I've dealt with over the years. I like to joke that I've worked with computer, like I've worked at a technology company for 20 years and everything I do is people problems, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, the computers changed, but the people and the core things about the people kind of stayed the same. Um, and so I think take comfort in that, even if you don't really thrive on that kind of crazy innovation, um, there's always things that you'll find or are your core skills that you can take advantage of that translate. And also there's lots of, the great thing about the pace of change too is that if you get into something for a couple of years and you just don't find that it sparks your passion, then you can apply them to a new area um, because things are growing so much. There's always going to be something new. So that's, you know, that's a huge pro of it too. Absolutely. Thank you so much, ma'am, like for sharing your wonderful story and the powerful insights with us. It was, it was an absolute honor to have you, ma'am, today. 
Yay, thank you so much for taking the time and reading the book. I love hearing what people think about and what resonates. Uh, so feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or reach out via my website, alanacaron.com. And the book is available most places you can get a book. Awesome, thank you so much. Thank you everyone for tuning in till the end. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and for more such inspiring stories and learnings. Stay safe and stay curious. Thank you. Thank mm -hmm. you.